podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, it's Jesse Kelly. Ronald Reagan famously once said the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Americans are losing faith in the banking system, and at the same time, the U.S. government could soon be headed toward a centralized banking system. How scary is that? How do you protect yourself as the government gets more involved in your life? For me, owning gold is one way. Having gold that I can see and touch makes me feel protected. Having a portion of your retirement in precious metals is another way to feel protected. I don't own crypto, I don't own NFTs, and I don't buy meme stocks. I don't invest in things I don't understand. If you are like me and want to feel safe, it's time to call my friends at the Oxford Gold Group. Go to www.oxfordgoldgroup.com to learn more. Again, that's www.oxfordgoldgroup.com. Hello, welcome to the Five Year Plan podcast. Hey, hey Pod <laughs> Three Twenty One. I'm Jim Daly, and joining me, Kevin Day. Hello there. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. I had a gig at the comedy store last night, so I'm a little bit fragile. But yeah. how'd it go? It's great. Of course, it was great. I'm a little bit fragile. The <laughs> conversation did turn to football, but uh, of course, yeah, I wasn't happy football-wise. But yeah. and John Curran. Hello. How are you? I'm I'm fine as well. I, w- I wasn't at the comedy store last night. <laughs> um, I, I was actually my son's 18th birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Dex! Happy birthday, yeah, Dex! Yeah. So, um, so that was a so great he's got a hangover then. He hasn't yet. I think Saturday might be the initiation, father son. Oh, what, what's that? Oh, you need to know what that's going to be. Or? You can say his first hangover. I think. Well, I, I think, think if you think it's yeah. his first hangover, John, I mean, you, might be, you might be being a bit naive. <laughs> um, okay, so before we start the pod, obviously review, not reviews, um, admin at the top, um, but we had a message from Mr. Mark Taylor. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. He says, hi, guys. Love the pod. Was hoping for a shout-out on the next pod. Me and 30 other Palace fans took the Bike to Bournemouth Challenge for Palace for Life Foundation, a two-day cycling challenge riding from Sellers to Bournemouth on the 13th to 14th of March. Oh, this is coming up. Uh, yeah. Finishing in Bournemouth to support the lads away at the Vitality. Yeah. Uh, it's we're for all... the foundation, so thank you for doing that. Absolutely. Uh, we're all trying to raise as much as we can for the great work the Palace for Life Foundation yeah. do in the community, which, of course, they do. My Just Giving page is justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash mark dash Taylor dash CPFC. Appreciate any support. Come on, you Palace, and come on, Benteke. Huh. Is he doing it with them or something? That's... No, he scored on Saturday, I think. It's probably... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. oh he, did, he did score on Saturday, <laughs> yeah. didn't he? Um, um, it's, it's, it's brilliant that those people have signed up to do it, but I know for a fact that quite a few of them are not expert cyclists. It's the only way they could get the ticket for the way end at Bournemouth. <laughs> 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 so some of them might be struggling in about five to, five minutes before kick-off. Well, best of luck to all of them. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, any, any um, help you can give to Mark and the guys would be most appreciated. Uh, ready for a review? Yeah, of course. We asked them in the style of Palace staff members. Is it a review of Roy or of us? Funny you should say that. <laughs> it's from a Mr. Roy Hodgson. Oh, really? <laughs> it's a five-star review. Thank you, Roy. And it says, you'll have to ask Doug Friedman. I've never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually come from Mr. Nick Gentry. That's Nick, very funny. some Nick. FIP badges <laughs> are on their way to you. And you ready for a shout-out to a random patron? Yeah. Can yeah. I get a little drum roll? 
in time and everything. Beautiful. Uh, ben Dixie. Hi, Ben. Hey, ben. Uh, thank you very much for your support, and you can support us at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. Uh, right, so this week's game is 3 1 defeat at Everton. Mm. We used to have a good record at Everton, mm. and now we do not at all, Kevin. Uh, it, for me, the game followed a similar pattern to recent weeks. Terrible start, get back into it, score a goal, look good for 20 minutes, concede, game done. Yeah, that about sums it up. I mean, the. It, it, it's interesting. I know there was a really good response to Selzy last week and his impassioned defence of Roy Hodgson, which we mostly agree with. I think there are times when you have to include Roy in the circle of blame a little bit. I know the, the whole argument about transfers, one arm behind his back, etc. But when you go 2-1 down and you bring on another defensive midfield player rather than Andros Townsend, I, I don't quite understand the logic of that and that's it's not Dougie Freeman doing that or Steve Parrish it's it's Roy doing it because it, immediately it looks like damage limitation doesn't look like a positive move so that disappointed me it was like you say it was, just, it was the same old same old and, and I, I think the difference is at the start of the season or maybe in November we might have got a point out of that game because clearly luck was going our way a little bit you know Pickford made that brilliant save from Benteke the bonus is that Benteke scored, and you never know. It might open the floodgates a touch. You might even get two or three. Who knows? Is that that's floodgates? That would be for him. But yeah. it's it, it it like you said, it was just frustratingly similar. It was like the last time we played at Everton as well, which was live on telly. It's just a team that on paper is better than us, but on the pitch isn't actually much better than us. But they just look fresher and younger and more energetic and. Ancelotti is a better manager than Roy Hodgson. Full stop. It's, you know, much as we love Roy, we have to accept that he does have his limitations. And I, I think maybe we let Selzy get away with a little too much last week. Because I think possibly with hindsight, I sh- we should have maybe. Have st- I, but he was so. It's, he was just so impassioned. Yeah. I don't think any of us really like to sort of interrupt him. But I think Roy. Yeah. I think Roy has to take his share of the the blame a little bit because he. In, if it's. Yeah, respect the point and all that sort of thing. You kind of think that if Allardyce had been manager and we got the equaliser, we probably would have got a point out of it. That's that's my my worry. And I still don't think we'll go down. I think we'll get enough points to stay up. But we'll be having this conversation this time next year, I'm guessing. I mean, to be honest, if we are having this conversation next time this year, this time next mm-hmm. year, I actually would, would be happy because it means we're still in the yeah, Premier League. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, fair, that's yeah. still kind of progress. Yeah. There's a lot of truth to what Stelzi says on the pod about Roy having a lack of options and lack of investment. And it comes up a lot on the pod. Um, and we have had a few questions about Andros Townsend, actually, and his inclusion. But how did you feel about the, the game, JC? Was it similar frustrations to you? Do you do you feel that there was opportunities missed by Roy? Or do you think, again, this lack of transfer activity is hindering Palace? I, I think we could use maybe Selzy's comments as the kind of anchor, and we can play off that in a way. I think what Selzy said was, you know, Palace were coming up against an Everton team that spent a lot of money and have now got a world-class manager. Their tails are up. They didn't play that well, but they won 3-1. Yeah. They're going to be as happy as Larry for that. So the expectation we should be doing something at Everton or way to Everton, you know, there's probably no shame that we lost 3-1, yeah. if, you, if you put it. Um, but then there are some other, I think, interesting points. Um, and the transfer activity, or the lack of it, is is, is a massive thing. We've been speaking about this now for a long, long time. And what Selzy said, and has said 
consistently, he'd be happy if we ended fourth from bottom because before we kicked a ball this season, we knew we weren't going to score goals. If we look at the stats now, they are so scary in how bad we are with shots on target in general, the goals we've scored. So if we package that all together from a a salesy point of view, it's 100% right. You know, uh, there's no way I'm going to argue against salesy in relation to that. Now, there's another, there are a couple of things I disagreed in a way with Selzy. One of which was this idea of the creative midfield player. And I think what Adam was kind of saying was that, you know, nowadays in the Premier League, you're not going to have this kind of player who's going to do amazing things with the ball all the time. You know, you've got other players who'll do that. You need the kind of holding midfield player. If you look at Brighton against, uh, Watford, Brighton played with one holding midfield player, uh, you know, as a means of allowing someone like Moy, who can ping a ball around, to do something with the ball. We 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 really don't have that player in the middle of the park. This is a thing we don't actually so, have. So, so, so I, I disagree with her. I, we do not our our three or four of the midfield players are not competent enough to really do not something magical with the ball be a threat you you want to close them down and we don't really have we don't have that kind so of again player. it comes but back it, to the investment because that it, player it, isn't there well it does it, it, it doesn't it doesn't but where where clubs may not have that creative midfield player they've got wingers like Watford have got Delefoe you know Everton have got wide men so you don't necessarily it doesn't necessarily be in the midfield where the creativity comes but somebody has to be skillful and positive and attack and the thing is that with, with Roy I think the the most creative midfielders in the world could become available. I don't think Roy would go for them. Roy's, Roy likes defensive midfielders. And the problem with defensive midfielders is they're still conceding goals. That's my issue. It's like if, you, if you're packing the, the, the midfield with, with defensive players, with stoppers, and you're still conceding three goals, then you've got to rethink because we're doing it game yeah, after yeah. game. It's, and that's the definition of madness, to do the same thing time after time and expect a different result. And when you've got Townsend sitting there, who is one of the few creative players we've got, who can drag defenders away from, from Wilf, because the one creative player we've got, as we talked in the last pod, can be, can be double-teamed quite easily because they've, they've got no one else in our team to worry about. There's, yeah. no, there's no pace anywhere else in the rest of our team. So defenders can double up on Wilf, knowing that if, if you know, Ayu gets the ball, they've got four or five seconds to trundle across to him. So it, that's... There are options, and Roy's not using them. That that concerns me a little bit. So that's that's. I think I think what Adam said, and let's carry on using Adam's points because I think they're 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 they're, 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 they're review board. Well, not but I think what Selzy does, he's consistent, and that's what I like about hearing it. But there's he uses also the metaphor of Roy hasn't got a pack of cards to shuffle, which is again totally totally right. However, from a leadership point of view. That that doesn't. You have to be able to do something. It's almost like you remember what's it, catch the pigeon or Muttley do something. Muttley. It, it's it's getting to that. It's getting to that stage. Wacky races. Yeah, yeah wacky yeah. races. Yeah. Thank you. But do something. It, it comes to. It's it's coming to that about having to think about. Well, we are losing games now. If we're going to try and shuffle the pack of cards and we lose games, at least we've tried to shuffle the pack of cards. Yeah. But is it, th- too, is it too risky? Is it but, too but, risky? But, that but, if you but how? I mean, losing, my, my point is... We're not, we're, we're, we've lost how many games we lost in the last eight? I think the idea of shuffling the pack of cards, last month's player of the month was a player playing out of position who was seen as deemed as invisible yeah. in the squad yeah. and it was forced yeah. on Roy yeah, to play him. Um so there, there are things that could be done. I, I was 
really concerned in the Everton game about how poor Ward was. Um, on the ball, decision-making, uh, he's okay defensively, but going forward where we're, tro- where we're playing with one striker up front, you need the, 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 the left and right backs to be able to run forward as well. And, and this is something that goes back to this idea of the, cr- the creative or dangerous midfield players. Um, we've had one centre midfield player scoring a goal from open play this season. Mm. Okay, one, we've got MacArthur, who's not defensive. He is playing as, and he, I think actually he's getting to some fantastic positions. He's completely shot when he's in the in the penalty box. He's no threat whatsoever. Um, so when you're playing with Benteke by himself, you rely on the midfield players to come in and 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 be in the box and take. The, and this is just not happening. So where I do criticise Roy is, I think now tactically tactically he has to look at what he's got he can't be carrying on playing that same that that same system he has to think of something he has to think of something else well it's 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 Allardyce and the nature of football fans is is such that a half hour after Allardyce makes his comments Twitter's alive with he must be coming to Palace then Hodgson's out but but you know what football fans are like but he made a very valid point after talking about the amount of goals Benteke scored. It's because he had two wingers putting the ball in. And he said, you've got the, the best crosser of the ball in the club is sitting on the bench. The Anders Townsend. You go 2-1 down, your best option for scoring the goals, because Zahar's not going to get them, is to put crosses into the, the big centre forward. And it's something we t- we've talked about virtually on every pod. You've got a big centre forward and the ball's not going in there. And MacArthur, MacArthur can put... We saw that in the Sheffield United game. The one decent cross that came in was MacArthur for Tompkins. MacArthur can do that for fun. Push MacArthur further forward. Yeah. Don't play... Uh, I, on, I play, on I Iuza, play MacArthur as a winger. Ayu's not a winger. Ayu's not going to put crosses in. Well, listen, I mean, we hear a lot about Palace's squad age and the fact that I think our starting 11 at the weekend was the oldest the Premier oldest. League. With old, old, starting yeah. 11 average yeah. 30 ever, now. or this season or ever, something. Ever, averaging 30. Now, that is a worry, obviously, yeah. when you're looking at sort of long term. And could that be a factor in, you know, James MacArthur, he is a box-to-box midfielder, and in the previous five years, he has been getting the position, scoring goals. But he's now, I'm looking at our squad list now, he's now 32. Mm. Che- Chequiato, 30. James McCarthy, 29. Sloppy 27, Luca 28. Is it purely that these, these, these guys' legs are going a bit? They're getting older, yeah, and so they're not able to have the impact that they would have done Well, I, I don't think it's just that. that they, they, they have no competition. You know, there's this limited competition for places. So therefore, what does that do to a player's mentality? So it isn't just the age thing. It's, yeah. it's that. In relation to MacArthur, I think that he's very good on the ball. Um, I think he's a terrier. I think he's cl- very clever as a football player. He's he's brave. I would now seriously think about be playing him as a right back, mm. and and dropping Ward because Ward so is. is right, I'm, I'm putting him right wing, and you're putting him right back. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I put it, put him as right, as a right back, as a wing back. Yeah, or not yeah. even a wing, but you know, as a means of because I I, I really am not seeing what Ward is offering us in relation to the structure we're trying to play, especially when we're playing with one up front. Um, I think it's actually quite serious. <laughs> you know, it's, it's more serious. More, and that can, yeah. on, on, can I jump off that really quickly, yeah. Kevin? What is the structure we're trying to play? If someone said to you, what is Crystal Palace at the moment? What is their structure? What do they do? What is it? Avoiding defeat <laughs> in in a very old-fashioned sort of way. Your... And is that an unfair way to approach things? Or? 
Well, it's not working. Well, not when, <laughs> it's, uh, not when it's, you're it's, not scoring goals. Or, or, yeah, and, and, we've, you know. we've talked. You know, Paddy McCarthy talked about the Palace way at the, at the live pod, which is which is get the ball wide. We play with wingers. That's, DNA. that's the Palace way. It's in the DNA. That's how we played. You know, it's the days of Vince Lair and before that with Don Rogers and, and people like that. That's what we're used to. Peter Taylor. We're used to wide players. We're used to get people getting the ball in the box. We've never played a sophisticated passing game. That's not the Palace way, but. When that sort of football works, it works really well. It's the end of last season and the end of the season before when you're getting the two fullbacks bombing forward because they've got the energy to do so and because they've got space because the wide men are coming off the line and being marked. And, and whatever system Roy's supposed to be playing, there's no energy, there's no pay. And your point about the age of the squad is that is partly down to Roy because if Roy was offered two fullbacks, one of whom was 19 and one of whom was 29, he'll take the 29-year-old. He'll take the experienced player all the time. Whereas Parrish wants to get in players who've got a resale value. That's always that's the problem with Pulis as well. Pulis wanted to get in older players, give them long contracts. Well, and Steve Parrish yeah. didn't want to do that. So, of course, that's a problem. And it's it, it, in the 70s, those players would be nearing retirement at the age of 30. And it's, it's different now. They'll be playing until they're 34 and 35. But there's no energy in the squad. There's no pace. And there's no... There's no there's, the fact that Slup's 27 is really worrying because in my head he's the kid yeah, yeah. Mm. he was 22 23 I mean Riedervald's the youngest by a long way and as soon as Roy got the option to drop him he dropped him and Riedervald had had a really good four or five games enough to make him player of the, of the month he, one of the players with the energy and first chance he had he's out of the team that made, that made no sense to me and that's not Dougie Freeman that's not Steve Parrish that's Roy making that decision I mean there's a wider discussion yeah. about investment that actually do you, should you as director of football at any club just buy the player anyway. Even if even if Roy wants a 29-year-old, 20, buy the 19-year-old. Buy oh. both. You know what I mean, have the option so that we don't end up in a situation where we are now with 19 outfield players. And you have to say, they were un- and they were unlucky with the Ferguson thing. That was, you know, that was going to happen before discovering yeah, that, that knee injury. They it, 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 it were unlucky because we did it close to the transfer window because yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he wasn't our first choice. And we're, you know, is it unlucky that Serlot is suddenly scoring? Is Turkish football that much worse than English football? Well, look Serlot who we've got suddenly... on loan. We've got a yeah. Turkish player who can't make it in his other Premiership team, yeah. so he's come to us. Because who also du- apparently didn't actually score that many, never right. scored 22 right. goals. Right. In right. Right. And, yeah. But Doogie's been scouting when Paris said we've been, look, you know, it's yeah. been a two-year project. I mean, come on, right? The thing about Pard, I mean, I remember Pardew actually, bless him um in at the time of a transfer window and he was doing a press conference and he goes the thing about this club palace is that they seem to really leave things till late and that that hasn't changed and i remember parish being on the radio once kind of going oh you know what it's like it's in in the world of advertising you're doing a a bid or something you always leave it to the last minute and stuff well this has come back to if that's the case it's Mm. come back to bite them because what sells says again there's there was no there was no contingency if if that player it doesn't pass their medical what are you going to do where and you've left it too too late so he didn't didn't pass the medical and it was too late because he wasn't the first choice well okay because other other options fell through that's why, because Kyle Walker-Peters was the player that Hodgson wanted. We didn't get him. And suddenly, it's kick ball at scramble to find somebody else. And if the Kyle Walker-Peters thing had been resolved four weeks earlier or two weeks earlier, we'd have had two weeks to find out Ferguson wasn't fit and get another replacement in, which still would have been first, first or, choice. But or I, sign him anyway and then just play him next season. Well, that, I mean, well that's what, that's, that's what they did. said last week. Well, they did that in Italy this, in yeah. the same... I think it was... The, uh, I don't know if it was Genoa or Milan or whoever. They knew A player was injured, but they, they took the... The gamble. They, but but I, I, mean, I think that was a pit. I think Parrish... We, we discussed this on the pod last week. I, how much stick would Parrish have got if the only signing we got wasn't fit? 
to play until next <sighs> season. And, and yeah, the thing I, is, I wouldn't But the thing it. is, that, you know, apparently, and somebody made a really good point on Twitter and said, prefaced it by saying, I don't want to be ageist here because it's nothing to do with his age, but we're in a situation where the club are proud to announce that they persuaded a 72-year-old man to sign another year on his contract. And I think if we... What, if have that happened? No, we're no. trying to persuade him. Right. To, and, and, you know, promising him £70 million transfer kitty, whatever. I think if you give Roy £70 million, if he gets the money he wants, he's not bringing in kids. He's not bringing in younger players. That's, well, that's, that's the problem. Yeah. He would bring in... Because he'll, he'll do what Allardyce will say. Yeah. Wan-Bissaka was an accident. You know, there was no plan in getting Wan Bissaka in. There was no bring this kid in from the age of fourteen. Roy happened to be looking at somebody else and went, "Who's that?" Well, he'll have to do with shorter players. I think so. I that think, wasn't yeah. a success story. So Roy, Roy isn't not a sort of manager to bring in youngsters. I mean, the instant, sorry, the instant thing about that, uh, there's only another team I know like that, and that's Stoke, who who yeah. had that type of model. And if you look at Stoke now, that they they weren't they got relegated, um, and there's no infrastructure in place to come up again because of the players and they're all on big wages and they're all, there's no sell. If you look at Villa and the owners of Villa came out very early on at the beginning of the season to say why they spent so much money and it's all based on them going down. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're playing a risk game of if we do get relegated, players are unsensible, they're on sensible wages. Yes, we spent you know, X amount, X amount, X amount, but we'll be able to come up again. Well, Is Villa there? have got other issues because they've possibly yeah. got a massive financial Well, you know, you know about this. Coming their way, but the... Uh, the, the Stoke model is interesting because people like Selzy and right, I mean, I I don't want Roy to go. I'd, I'd like him to be our manager next season, but things have to change. As simple as that. Whether it's the playing squad or the way we play, but the Stoke model, you could say if you're defending Roy and if you're defending the club, because Stoke panicked in the last season in the January transfer window. Stoke panicked to bought four or five players in that simply weren't good enough and were on massive weight. So yeah. they they got relegated with the club, had no interest in. in playing for the club and so they lumbered with half a squad of players who, who didn't want to be there and being paid too much money and couldn't offload which them. I so, don't, don't think so, we will do no no but at least so you could uh, at least we're being financially prudent we're not yeah. you could say if you want to defend Roy, Dougie whoever it is that's not bringing these players in you could at least say well we're not flamboyantly splashing the cash just to get players in we're not bringing Yakip and Rack yeah, yeah. just so we can say we've got bodies in because it, sometimes it's as, as disastrous to bring three or four players in as it is to bring in sure to they're bring, not so toying in with the kind of future yeah, of the exactly. club yeah, the, the, thing, the so. thing is as well I, I still think with the players we've got and a lot of this comes down to the fact that we all relaxed in December we all went 30 points great this is this is a nice change just like three years ago so we're in a situation where we did, which we didn't think was going to happen that's part of the problem but the, the, the players he's still got should be capable of playing well, better the, the, football than we are playing can I go mm. back quickly to the game I, I was watching it on yeah, B, B, I was watching it on BT and um, I usually really loathe commentators especially when it's a Palace game because I just think that they are clueless but they were what Fletch no, I don't know who it was, it's but probably Fletch. Uh, yeah. it's but, Fletch. But there was, there was, there were the, the commentators. The commentators were making Fletch-y. making points throughout the game, little points, and I kept on going, "God, they're probably right." One of which, I mean, and I can remember one of which was, "This is a wasted season for Saha." Told, you so, know, right. Uh, so, um, so that the other one, the other one was um, Guaita. Look at him; he's got the ball in his hand. He's desperate to pass it out with his hand. Yeah. No one's offering it up. This is happening throughout the game. You said the, that after the yeah, Sheffield United game. The, 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 the other one was Palace are just too slow on the ball when they've got possession. And the last one was Palace are, Palace are two one down with ten minutes to go. They've got a free kick on the halfway line and they've just played it backwards. Yeah. 
what now, you're saying now, is Fletch mm. should be in charge. <laughs> what I'm saying yeah. is uh, that that's not that's that's not recruitment. Yeah. Chris Sutton made yeah. the point on six oh six Sunday night, must I presume. I was only half listening as you do, but he did talk turned to Pound and he just his question was very simple. Anybody thinks Hearts worth eighty million quid now? Things that we're, we're in a different place now, aren't we? Yeah, totally. than last summer so Will, and summer well, before, Will, and Will certainly is. Yeah, you know, and, and I don't. Given Wilf's age and the season he's had, he must be terribly frustrated because I think he would probably would have the move to Everton probably would have been good for him and Palace, as it turns out. I wonder if the yeah. move at all has. I don't think you know we've I, moved I on from that. Maybe we are in a different this, place. This is where uh, where where this whole idea of does he throw his had in the had him to say that's it. Um, I'll stay. Um, there's nowhere else I'm going to go. Um, I mean, I'd still love that. You know, Wilf on so, yeah. form, Wilf off form. I'd still love him. At the Wolf, yeah. Well, Wilf off form, and that's the that's the problem. It's part. It's not his fault as such. It's because we, as, yes, as we keep exactly. saying, there are no other players. He hasn't even got a Yannick. Yeah. And Yannick Balassi, in all fairness, wasn't a brilliant player, but it was exciting and he was mm. quick and he balanced it. And he balanced it. Even a Ruben. We haven't got. We simply haven't got that balance. And, and with Yannick, they had to man. They had to put somebody. They, they defend, opposition defences had to split. Yeah, they don't anymore. Yeah, yeah. and and it's that's the frustration. And, and how many times have we talked about Wilf gets the ball with his back to goal, and he's expected to do everything. Yeah. There's no one can get within thirty yards of him because the fullbacks are too slow, and the midfield players are too reluctant to get forward. Um, can I uh, chuck your question here from Chris Brown? Hi, Chris. Who says, why do FYP flat out refuse to see anything wrong with what Roy is doing? Well, well I think we've answered that, haven't we? I think that's a fair point. I, I think I think we try and be mature and grown up on, on FYP and not resort to the game-by-game game judgmental basis that a lot of football fans do. But the trouble is, quite often off-air, we do. Sometimes and sometimes I go to the Paulson's arms. I'm really furious, but I've calmed down by the time we do yeah, yeah. FYP. And the fact is, for the most part, I do agree with Sells's analysis. That you, but I don't think our squad has been that bad that you can say he's done a miraculous job in in keeping us up. Because the the, the team that kept us up the first time had Loftus Cheek in, but we have, we've had players like Batshuayi coming in. We're not. It's, it's not like we're a Huddersfield miraculously clinging on to the Premier League status. Even with the age of the squad, there's still decent players. Any squad that's got Tosin, Benteke, Zahar, Townsend in should be scoring goals. But we and I, but we can't find the, the combination that, that brings the best out of them. So but I think, but I think the Bratshaw thing I think, is, a really, yeah, is a fair point as well because yeah. Bratshaw came in, scored six goals, and our stats as a result were so much better before, but Roy hasn't been given a goal scorer like that. Tosin is not a But then, but then, but 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 a then you have to play with what you've got. got so you've so got last, season, last, way, exactly. last season, we were saying, put crosses into the box, right? And then people would be saying, but that's not Roy's style. He likes yeah. playing narrow. He likes... But then what's, it's like driving a Ferrari in the, in, in the desert. Yeah. You know, you can't. You have to. You have to just play it how you. You know, and this is the point. We should. We should just be bombard, bombarding, playing direct football, yeah. up to Benteke. If yeah. that's who we're playing, play it like that because yeah. we've got no other option. Or play Zaha somewhere else. Or play Ayu off Benteke. Do something. You've got. When when Townsend's fit, you've got five players up there. That, there's, that, I'm not sure of the maths in that, but there's a lot of options in that. Mm. So, but Roy wants to play the, the way he wants to play, and he will put square pegs in round holes rather than finding different holes to put those pegs in. I think the Andros thing is a fair point, and I know we've talked about it, but just a nod to Chaz Lucas and Carl Mortimer, who not have Chaz both sent in questions saying, get Andros back in the team, basically. 
And Carl made a fair point that he said that Roy has moaned about not having the options but refused to use Andros at the weekend. So I think, and actually, I think we probably will see him pretty soon. I think I maybe so. there was a thing of let's just make sure we've got him for. You know, put PVA, not too early, kind yeah. of. Yeah, put PVA back in the squad straight away. This is what I didn't understand. And if you've got, if you've got him on a bench and you still don't use him as an option, that's what I don't understand. Can I a couple more questions on the game before we break for uh, questions? Oh, there's so many questions this week. <laughs> um, John O'Kerr says, is that uh, John O'Kerr or John O'Kerr? John O'Kerr. Oh, hi, John O'Kerr. Uh, says, <laughs> I love the stipulation there. Do we start a petition to get the Premier League uh, so that hitting the post counts as a goal? We did it twice yeah. a weekend. Yeah. That's a fair yeah. point. Yeah. Actually, to be fair, we did have more chances on Saturday than we've had for quite some time. In the second half. After, the sec- but that's well, one nil down again. Yeah, you know I agree. I mean, I agree. What, what are we supposed to do? Not, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean... Well, and another, and I said earlier, another day, Pickford doesn't save that one from Benteke. Yeah. That's 2-1. And then yeah. the game, you know, and in that 20 minutes, we really were very good and the game's very different. Yeah, and I do think Benteke scoring is a massive bonus. I, I think I, I was speaking to yeah. one of my mates and we were both thinking the arrogance of Benteke to do that absolute Ponzi gold celebration. Yeah. <laughs> well, after that, goal. that was ridiculous. I mean, you know what? And you know what? That, 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 the reason why it gripped me, because it was about brand Benteke. It's about him thinking about the Euros and blimming Belgium and all that stuff, where actually he should have just been on his knees with delight. And instead he did that. Oh. Well, to be yes. fair, he didn't have time to write 800 letters of apologies to the Palace fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, really. <laughs> so, uh, just a good, he should have had a T-shirt underneath his shirt. Sorry, says, sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. taken so long. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, another person happy with Benteke. So was, you had just, uh, that was Jono's question, but somebody yeah. else had a Well, Jim Foster is also very happy no, with Benteke. So you mentioned two names after Jono. Did I? You said Jono and somebody else. Well, I was going to go on to a question from Jim Foster. Oh, OK. Hi, Jim. So he says, I sensed another negative... Is that Jim Foster or Jim Foster? <laughs> 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 said, I sense another negative review and this is the third defeat in a row but I, f- I thought for big chunks we played well Benteke scoring as a plus and could have had two yeah. poor defending from us though look forward to the pod as ever guys so that, that's someone looking at the positive side of things yeah Tompkins is out is he? yeah so this is a, big, this is a good point because I thought um, Cahill, Cahill was looking a bit ropey I, thought, mm. I, I don't think he was looking as commanding I'm not convinced that Cahill and Tompkins works that well. Uh, um, I, I think agree. maybe Kelly and and, and is it, uh, Kelly and well, Kelly's out as well, isn't he? I think no, yeah. he's he was on the bench. Was oh, no, he? Yeah, he oh, was. On, yeah, he? I think he was on the bench. But so hope. Oh no, he'll be back hopefully with that. So if Kelly's back, if not though, I I would play um, MacArthur. No, it? I'll play Coyote <laughs> instead. Uh, Guy, yeah. yeah, instead of Dan. I, I mean, think interesting. I, I, I mean, I we should be in a position where we're doing that. But I, he has done I well when he's, he's, he's fast. Though. He's he's good, better on the ball than. Dan is, you know, I mean, I think Dan's probably the last choice centre back now. To be perfectly honest, yeah. You talk about age as well. Centre backs are not where you want older players at centre back. But we've talked about this before as well. That sometimes it's not always the best players that make the best combination. But I agree with JC. I think Kelly and Kay, Cahill was our most effective centre back combination. Oh, yeah. I mean, is, Mam- I, think, is I think Kayati and Cahill? I'd be perfectly happy with Kayati. Is Mamasako? I mean, I still think Mamasako is oh, no, definitely. one of our possibly best where is defenders. Every but... time I see him, he's taking a selfie on some beach. <laughs> so, so you know, and how I much is he recovering? That's I the don't... last time the Americans put them, their hand in their pockets is was it, for him or something. I don't think you can call it be- our best ever defender brackets, but will be responsible for two chances a game. <laughs> so I don't think you can... But then seems to sort of recover himself. Yeah, I I still... I would still... He wouldn't be my first choice centre-back. Kelly and Cahill would be He'd my be first my, choice centre-back. Oh, I think it, him and... 
Cahill think, probably for me. I, I think the one thing Sacco with Cahill was poor in the weekend. Yeah. There are leadership qualities that Sacco has, and and mm, uh, there's an energy there and and a passion on the pitch that we we sadly lack, and we're certainly not getting it from from anybody else. So. Okay, um, I was hoping we could end more on a positive there, but because after the break we're going to Red Tech scored. Red Tech scored. Okay, we'll take that. I since I, I, it's almost like my dad said this. It's, it's almost Palace is like Benteke scores and then we've got two weeks off to think about it it would have been quite yeah. nice to have the next game in quite quickly just so yeah. we could be all excited and he'll have forgotten what it was like he'll have to be reminded what he was meant to do yeah, yeah. basically oh bless him anyway we're going to be lifting the mood after the break with an article from The Athletic on relegation <laughs> Welcome back to the Five Year Plan podcast. Hey! The positive hey, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Floodgates. Hey. Um, part two, of course, sponsored by The Athletic, a world class team of writers covering every game, including the best coverage of Crystal Palace. A subscription based website and app, completely ad free. No ads, no annoying pop ups, just brilliant articles. Welcome to the home of football writing. The new home. Benson is now the home. We all know. Anyway. Other homes um, are available, but not, <laughs> they're not sponsoring us. So. No, and they're not as good. Um, visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP to start a 30 day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. Um, so actually, there was loads of articles to choose from this week. There was an article on Palace's youth team and the future there. There was an article on Roy's They're not doing contract. very well, are they? The under-23s? No, no, this is hilarious. This was uh, actually relying now talking about the under-16s. It's oh, gone okay. that bad. Oh, right, okay. Okay. And, and the photo oh. used was from last season. <laughs> right? You know, this is how... this is. Uh, it felt like a, a, a good news plant by the club, talking to to Woozy, saying, be... oh, listen, just do something. Okay, I'll do the under-23s. So next week, no, shit, no, on the 12s next week. Yeah, yeah. 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 under-12s. <laughs> and then it'll be Sabutio and then it'll be E Palace yeah. also. Also, also. <laughs> yeah, E Palace yeah also we've got this brilliant kid on loan at Alloa yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's playing on AstroTurf. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I will say it was a very good article, and it, it and it does inject a bit of positivity into things at the moment. There was a good article on Roy's the contract with Roy, and we got questions about him later on. But I wanted to pick an article from Michael Cox, who's obviously a well-known writer and is now writing for the Athletic. Yeah. And I was I was captured by this title actually. It was called "A Good Side Will Go Down This Season," and it was really a review from I think it was at the Brighton Watford game. Mm. But he's talking about how. It's going to be very tight this season. And we've had a lot of questions about relegation. So I want to use this article to go into that. And I've got a chunk here from it that says, there is some mathematical logic to back up the feeling too, talking about two big teams going down. In recent seasons, the number of points required for survival, um, i.e. one more point than 18th placed Premier League side has recorded. Yes, we know that. Um, has been 34, 36, 38, 35, 34 and 35 respectively. Extrapolating... I never ever used that word in the podcast before. This season's table across 38 games would mean... Andy the... Streets used that word. Before. Oh, yeah, Andy must have done, yeah. Um, uh, it means the upper limit of that range, 38 points, will probably be required for survival. It wouldn't be a surprise if this figure increased slightly as relegation-threatened sides tend to go on the run-in with more motivation than mid-table teams who have eased off uh, and collected extra points. So he goes on, basically, to say that the magic 40-point mark has returned. And the 40 points would be required. Of course, we're on 30 now. And we've got 12 games left, mm-hmm. I think it is. And a lot of people are getting twitchy. So, John Saraf has said, is the team in a relegation fight mindset? Mike Phil, 81, Hi, says, mm-hmm. are there still three worse teams than us? And Lee Ayres Hi, has Lee. says, is Andy Street relaxed? We, we don't know. He's not no. here tonight, maybe. He was last week. 
Yeah, he was. For a man who's got two kids under the age of two. <laughs> but he was out of the house with the, with exactly. the, two, with the two kids <laughs> under the age of two are. So. Uh, and Lee says, if it comes down to us all Brighton for relegation place three, how will I ever recover? Are, are, you, are you feeling as worried? And actually having now read that article, uh, are you feeling more uh, worried? I like the, the relegation mindset. Is a, is a good question because I think you, I think players can't help but look at the league table and think this shouldn't be happening. We you know we got thirty points quite quickly. We were briefly talking about Europe. It's a str- I, I disagree that you need forty points. I, I I agree with Street, who's much cleverer than I am when it comes to numbers and statistics and algorithms and expected goal bollocks, but. Um, <laughs> I think 36, 37 will keep it up. I, there's never been a season quite like this with as, as so few points between so few teams. It's normally you've got, this time last year, essentially Fulham and Huddersfield were gone. Cardiff were probably going. Yeah. Norwich have gone. I do think there are worse teams than us. I think everyone's got to play each other. I, I think what we need to remember is that we're in a still in a better situation than we have been for three seasons out of the last five I think we yeah. we haven't normally got 30 points this season normally at this stage of the season we are in the bottom six bottom seven I do I do think there are I'm not entirely sure I believe that motivation thing either that suddenly teams at the bottom are motivated to beat mid-table teams and the fact at the moment is there are no mid-table teams because everyone's in it everyone's in yeah. it essentially I mean it infuriates me that Sheffield United who I don't think are a better team than us, are in fourth place. That really annoys me. But I think it's, I think it's probably t- going to help us that we've been in this situation before. I think Bournemouth, it's going to come as a shock to Bournemouth. Yeah. For all we talk about Roy getting older, etc., etc. For all we talk about Roy's style of football, Brighton replaced an older manager who played a conservative style of football with the Wonder Boy, Graham Potter, the new. The new Bournemouth, you know, the new what's his face at Bournemouth, Eddie Howe. the new Eddie Howe, and it's not working for them. They're not getting results. They might be playing better football, and I think that's really interesting. That article talks about how both Watford and Brighton thought it was a good point. Watford's yeah. small bounce mm. suddenly evaporated. West Ham are a, a, a poor team. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that we've got games coming up against the teams around us, but I I still I find it hard to believe that we can't get the eight points that I think we need to, to, to be safe. I'd really, I really don't see that for all. And especially as we know from previous experience, when the sun starts shining again, it might annoy me, but Palace start to play a little bit better. And when we have got all our players fit and well, we're not far short of that. We should remember when we're praising Roy for doing a brilliant job with a, an average team. We're not far short of all the players, but, but when they are, I, I can't see us not getting the points necessary to be perfectly honest. I'm more, I'm more concerned with what happens after that. Right, well, which is a long, the long-term yeah, question yeah. for another pod. But yeah. Kevin's right, John. History suggests that we will recover and we'll do okay. But, but in a way, are, are teams like Palace always in a relegation battle, really? Yeah, I mean, point. yeah, I agree. I, I thought it was a very interesting article as well because the overall, either the overall quality is not as good as it used to be or it's better than it used to be. And I'm I'm still not quite sure. I've watched a lot of games with low, teams in the lower half, and some of them have been absolutely awful, you know. But we're one of those teams as well. We don't play good football. Um, I remember, 
I think it was Parish talking a few years ago saying, you know, there's the types of teams that get relegated. You know, there's the type of team that isn't good enough, which is the Norwich or the Cardiffs. Um, there's the type of team that can tank it and really start sliding down a, a, a pole. And then um, you get the other type of team that can get uh, relegated, which are the team that, you know, where it isn't all happy. It's not a happy place. Yeah. Now, mm. I identify two of those teams because Newcastle doesn't seem to be that team at the moment. Mm. You know, for some reason that, you know, who was deemed as the demon of demons, actually, it's all gone quite quiet now because everything yeah. seems to be quite stable. There are two teams who are fighting out toxic culture, and that's Palace and West Ham. Mm. West Ham are further down West the line with it because fans are shouting at them. But West Ham... I'm not crediting their owners at all, but West Ham have spent big as a means of trying to push on because where they thought they should be, it's backfired. But they still had the sense of what they should be doing. It didn't work. We are we are in a stage where we're in a in a boat without any oars or any sail or anything. We're allowing allowing the currents to dictate how we're moving. Nothing else. And so I'm I am worried actually. Because I thought last season or the season before, though we were in these fights, there wasn't this toxic, toxic atmosphere where we, the silence, where we don't know what's going on with the club, all these type of things. Rumours are starting. Once rumours start, they, they fester. Okay? And there's a real... I think, if anything, that's going to be one of the big deciding factors of how well we do for the rest of the season. You know, it's interesting you say that, John. As a mate of mine, as a coach at Hereford... Uh, was at Hereford United, is now at the new place, was a coach at Villa a while, but obsessed with football. And he texted me last night to say, you, you know, are you worried in any way? Because uh, you shouldn't be. And I, I went, well, mate, there's, I can't help thinking there's something, there's just something wrong. I can't put my finger on what it is, but there's something wrong. And he texted me back to say, you've said that twice a season for the last seven seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're always saying, I can't put my finger on what it is, but there's something wrong. And then it's, okay. it's fine. Yeah. And he, and he said, as an outsider, he's more worried about Villa than he is about Palace and and for all I agree with what you said about Newcastle they're a happier bunch of fans but they're not much better off you know we're ahead of Newcastle still I think aren't we this, we're st- and and they're, they're not the, the brand of football they're playing isn't to the fans taste but it's basically Steve Bruce hasn't turned out to be as bad as they thought mm. and for them that's a victory I, I so think, it's yeah. and, and Newcastle are a point ahead of us a point yeah. but, and my my prediction is that they still will be after we play them because my prediction is that both teams will happily settle for just chip uh, for away a, for a nil-nil draw. Because uh, yeah. uh, as the guy in the athletics said about Brighton and Watford, but I, I, st- I still think there is five or six teams that are, oh, totally. should be more worried than than, yeah. than we are. To be honest, yeah. and I, I I do think, despite what my dad said about the break, I think the break is probably good for us. I think West Ham, having seen them play at West Brom, listening to their fans, looking at Moises to me, I think they're seriously in trouble. Eddie Howe. For all his reputation, he's never been properly flirted with by the top clubs, and I I think they're a team that will find it difficult to get out of that that rut because they're conceding goals. Villa are conceding a lot. Of, Villa rely on Hendry basically, and without him, they're uh, Grealish. Grealish, sorry, without him, they're a, that's a sign of. If they're relying on Hendry, they're in serious trouble. Colin Hendry, I mean, <laughs> Rover centre back. Well, we're relying yeah. on Vincelaire. So, <laughs> <laughs> so well. oh, I'd love to see Vincelaire. Yeah. Back now, 
I, but I, I do I, not. I was just yeah. thinking about wacky races and Penelope pit stop. I used to love Penelope pit stop. I was thinking of Vince Lair. I saw the um, the after actually after the Palace game the weekend, almost to kind of like make things better again. They played the team in the eighties documentary. Yeah, did they? That was really good. Yeah, yeah. What, in the ground. No, no, no. Uh, oh, um, on BT. Game on BT. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, something. There's really something rubbing it in. That is. I enjoyed it. This time last this time last season there was a there was there was Southampton who were dead cert. Everyone said that they were going to go down. Yeah, yeah. And it's really interesting how they. I think they've got much better infrastructure than what we have and what most teams have around that area. But it's interesting how they 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 persevered with their manager, and now it feels like this manager is beginning to get yeah. a sense of style. Especially which, after the nine 0 which, well, which, which, which begs the, the kind of question as a hypothesis: Well, if Brighton do stay up and they've got this young, clever manager with an MA, um, it'd be quite interesting to see if then a style of football starts to starts to bed there. My thing is, and I, kept, I agree with Kev, it's about next season. I mean, if we do go down, it, we, we really don't, it feels we don't have anything there. But if we stay up, um, I've, I'm just clueless about what, 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 what that will look well, like. Something has to change. I mean, the, the Southampton thing's interesting because I think the reason they didn't replace Hassan Hootle was because who's going to come in to a Southampton team halfway through the season that's just lost 9-0? Mm-hmm. They weren't going to get anyone better than him. Yeah. And I think it's to their enormous credit that they've... Mm. They've bounced back as we did a little bit after Liverpool beat us nine 0 They've they've he's used it to galvanise them, and he's used the same players. And somebody like that's that's really annoying. Somebody like Danny Ings, who for how many transfer windows was Danny Ings coming to Palace and didn't want to, and is now scoring the goals that are keeping Southampton well, not he, only up but uh, well. They, they, I mean, the other thing is they 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 beat us and they beat Chelsea without Danny Ings. Yeah, right. So, yeah, they you, know, yeah, they yeah. so you know that's. Because they've got the options. They've got the options on the bench. And we don't have them. Well, anyway, look, it's an interesting article, and you can read it at The Athletic. It's called Michael Cox, A Good Side Will Go Down This Season. Uh, sounds, like, sounds like he's one of the teams, isn't it? It's not. Yeah. Anyway, um, you can, if you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP, you can start a 30-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. After the break, we've got questions from our listeners. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Yay! Pod three twenty one, mm. and it's time for questions. Yay. And Kevin, I think you probably could imagine what's going to happen here with these first few questions. So, A I W A Cat, hey Cat, Nick, she- Nick Shepherd, hey Nick, one of our patrons, and Robo twenty twelve. Oh Rob, have all Hi. sent in similar questions, and that mm. is, has Kevin got his scrap of paper with other teams' fixtures on yet? No, uh, ten games. So it's two so games two to go. go. No, I, I joked about this last week. Cause I thought, genuinely thought, I wasn't going to have to use it this season. <laughs> uh, I'm also, I've worked out, I think it's probably down to me that we have stayed up since, <laughs> I, since I started doing it. Yeah. But no, uh, I, I, well, the trouble is it's going to be a much, much bigger scrap of paper this because normally I, yes. I've got about six or seven teams on it, but I think I'm going to have to have... Ten teams on it. Well, what do you yeah. do? What, I mean, actually, with the scrap of paper, what happens with it? Do you fold? Does it always remain it's like in your back pocket? In, uh, so, like by the end of it, it's yep. nicely creased. Yep. It's open. It's one piece of yep. paper. It's lined. Yep. Or is it? It's no. It's not wine lined. stained. It's not, I'm not twelve year old. Of course, it's not lined. Oh, okay. It's, it's, not wine, lined. it's got wine. It's wine stained though. Yeah. It's um. Uh, last year it was two places. Uh, actually, Ali said because I I'm childish enough to move it from pocket to pocket. As I changed my dip, put a different pair of trousers on, it goes in the pocket. Yeah, yeah. It nearly went in the laundry last year, but Ali was sensible. What would happen if that did instant relegation? 
Probably, yeah. Is it stapled? Or... Pocket... Uh, no, I always no, fold no. the corners down. But right, it's, yeah. um, I've got as I did, my pockets are like a four-year-old boy's. It's always conkers and fluff and stuff. In, <laughs> in so I'm she always clears, that going. she always clears my pockets out basically. But the, <laughs> I, it, it, no, it goes with me everywhere. And and I will be sitting on a tube and suddenly panic, and I'll get my piece of paper out and go, "Oh, so like what for the store?" You do know that pay? like yeah. mobile phones have the fixtures and stuff on them now. Yeah, I know, you but you, could, you have it. to go from bit to bit. If you, you can got just do screenshots, screenshots. Of it. Oh, What's the t- come on. You can't do that on a phone. Yeah, you can. You, know, you can do it on a phone. But you can't do that on a. Ch- it's tiny. You get a. You get a reassuring you piece of make, paper. Do you make notes have, with it? I mean, are they? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So it's, oh no, I put all the scores down. So it's continuously evolving. Oh yeah, yeah as each. As oh, each so you as can't each like week. laminate it or anything to keep it. No, but how can from? you put it in your pocket if it's laminated? <laughs> I write. So I write. All it's like the shoot league table in the seventies. I write all the scores down. And update it. And Have you thought about a notepad? Maybe that might keep it no. sort of. Why? Yeah, it's a piece of JD, it's, fine. It's, it's in your pocket. It's in your kept back us pocket. up. It's kept us up. Small notepad. It's kept us up for what, six what, seasons. What, what about shirt pockets? Will you ever put it there as well, or would that be? I don't favour a pocket. It's, it's too big. It's always got to be. It's left hand side. It's the same pocket in the trousers as well. And it's a short little pencil or kind of like, like a bookie, no. like a bookie's pencil. Yeah, yeah. Like you no, tap no, on your tongue before you. Can we? It's a It's in in an ever changing world. It's a reassuring presence. Because every now and again, on a Tuesday morning, I'll be in an office at work grappling with some satirical jokes and I'll suddenly go, oh, Christ, what for the plan tonight? What happens if they... if they?" And I'll go for it and I'll go, oh, no, we should be fine. We're all right. So Can we, in a couple of weeks when you, when you start it, could we... Um Take a photo of it, and maybe on the, the FYP Instagram. No, do you've been really no. personal, JD. No, you, you're not <laughs> getting this, <laughs> are you? You're really not getting. It's not about you. You're right. I'm not getting it. But I'm now the generation I now really below us. No, because you might as well ask to turn right out the bunny hole from the Porsons. It's of course, yeah. it's, it's 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 my piece of paper. I've still got them all. I keep them. Do you, you keep? Them? Of course I do. Why oh, that's amazing. Can we see them? No. Why I not? put them in the program for the done. last game. No, I don't care. I you put sh- them you in the should program. donate them to Palace for their oh, we'll cabinet. For the museum. Yeah, for the museum. Yeah. For the trophy cabinet. Yeah, <laughs> the there's, trophy, yeah. Plenty, there's plenty of room. It really helps my peace of mind because, you know, you know Streety sits there with his smug smile going, we'll be all right, blah, blah, expect to go, blah, blah, blah. But I, I mean, like to have a piece yeah. of paper that proves that. Mm. Really. That's great. Yeah, and it does. And then the sense of relief as you get sort of four games out and you go, actually, because, you know... It's like an old bookie, isn't it? Like, you yeah, know, you've got, yeah. oh, look, JD owes me yeah. a fiver. He hasn't also, paid it yet. And I'm not going to. I've never actually told anybody this. What I do when I first do it is I, I on the left-hand side of all the fixtures, I put what I think, how many points each team will get oh, from each fixture. Risky. So I work out, where, and then as, as it goes on, and are you yeah, normally sort of on the mark? Yeah, normally quite close, yeah. 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 So it's good, it is really Do you not be interesting? No, no, man, it's, 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 it's comfort blanket, that's, that's all it is. Do you not be interesting, that's actually? How would you put that on your phone or your tablet? Side? You yeah. can take a picture of it. Why? What's the matter with you people? Shakespeare wouldn't easy. do it on a word. <laughs> no, but the thing is, J- J- dead 200 no, years. So, JD, if you, dead if, 200 years. When was Shakespeare alive? If you've got it folded, 200 years ago, if you've got it folded in your back pocket and it gets you on the tube, you're sitting on it and you get it's it opens perfectly. Absolutely. It kind of. You look after it, it looks after you. Yeah, okay. It's, it should yeah. be the philosophy. Yeah. We have spoken about this for too long. But I thought what would be interesting is there will be people listening who probably have similar things they do. Maybe not a bit of paper, but maybe a notepad or something. So let's get people to tweet in. Tell us what your last 10 game of the season thing is that you do. Maybe it's a superstition or something. Because I'm sure there'll be some similar ones. Yeah. They'll be interesting. Can I? But if I did, I mean, I like the idea of paper with lines. No, it's not a superstition. It's just a, yeah. no, but like they're com- yeah. other people's comfort blanket. Yeah, yeah. What's your comfort blanket? I don't you, paper with lines. I find that with, what, with a margin. Well, I'm dyslexic, so it helps me uh, okay, write yeah. backwards. 
you know, so yeah. it's kind of... But, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't but know. like a proper old, you know, one of those know, old yeah, school yeah. exercise books. exercise book. I, yeah. would, I think I'm the same, right? I like the neatness well, of so it. There's no, also, there's no point in me showing it to you. My writing's so bad. Okay, all right. is, I, I do it in block capitals because sometimes I can't read my own writing. But I you know. also write in block capitals. Let's yeah. move on because we have Dude, absolutely mined that for all it's worth. <laughs> um, I was going to put this in the last uh, part because, uh, JC, you alluded to it, but Selhurst Exile, Hi, and this goes back to the communication, has said, does Parish owe it to the fans to come out and explain yet another terrible transfer window? And before I put that to you guys, I actually want to say something about this because we've had a couple of questions in the last few weeks saying... When is Steve going to come back on the podcast and answer questions? And the last time he was on was October 2018. So a good 18 months ago. We've not mm. had anyone on. Oh, that's not true. We've had Steve Brout on uh, for the Joel Ward pod. But Steve's not been on. Steve Parrish hasn't been on for a bit. And the reason I've not asked him to be on again is because when he does come on, it's very difficult for us to play that. Because some people want us to be like Frost Nixon and absolutely hammer mm. him. Uh, and it's Steve's an absolute pro at batting away questions like that anyway. I'm I am not, you know, um Jeremy Paxman. Uh, so I actually feel sometimes when he comes on, it's kind of a lose lose situation for us because people will criticize us for being too pally with him. I can't hammer him because then he won't come on again and we lose our any kind of relationship with the club. Um and I feel like it, it kind of opens us up to so much criticism. I actually don't really want Steve to come on again, even though I absolutely appreciate his time in the past. So to be, if, for people wondering, that's kind of where I sit with it. it well, well I've, done for being so honest, because that's maybe what's lacking. It, it changes the dynamic. It, it's different when you get Sean Derry on or Paddy McCarthy or even Joel Ward. It's, it's difficult with a current player, to be perfectly honest, because they're so media... Yeah, we've you know even Paddy McCarthy and Sean Derry from an era where it's not that long ago, but they weren't media trained to the point of yeah, or being automata essentially. I've always been slightly uneasy about even you go to Steve Pratt and Steve Pratt's fantastic and he's very generous and he's very hospitable and he's very funny, but you know when you're sitting in his house drinking his wine. It's very difficult to ask the questions you really want to do, and it's the same with Steve Pratt. It changes the dynamic. Because I think we can't stress enough, and I understand why people sometimes think this of us, we are an independent pod. We have nothing to do yeah. with the club. And yeah. I know sometimes people think we have far more insight into the club's workings than we, we do have. And we know people who work for the club, and we know people who are journalists, and we possibly have a little bit of insight that some fans don't. But for the most part, we have no more insight than people in the Portsons, the Portsons Arms do. And that's a terrifying lack of insight, to be perfectly honest. But it... it it, it does change the, the nature of the part. I'm, I'm always happier when it is just us because we are just fans. I, I think probably because some of us are slightly older than other fans and so we've got more of a context and more of a world-weary view and we don't get... We get just as passionate, but we, we're able to put things into a historical context. But that doesn't mean we don't love the club as much as everybody else listening to it. And I don't think any club chairman... And it, there are very few club chairmen that will actually go on a pod full stop. I don't think any club chairman will go on a pod and say, well, actually, all right, I'll tell you why the transfer yeah. thing went. He, he won't tell us that. He, he, and why should bit, he? Like, well, well, again, that's I mean, another, the, that's another question. Yeah. But John will know this because John knows the world of marketing and branding. And, and There are very few other companies 
where, you know, if the Royal Opera House has a, has a, a review of a, a Madame Butterfly and it gets bad reviews, no one's saying, well, where's the chief executive of the Royal Opera House? Why isn't he... T- what, who cast <laughs> this thing? Who, who's responsible for this? You don't expect... It, I mean, you should do. When banks go tits up, of course the bank owners should, but no one expects... It, it's only in football that we say... And we're just as guilty because we say, well, a club aren't telling us anything, there's no communication... But you'd be amazed if they did tell you what their transfer policy was and why it went wrong. Because that also, one that admits that that it went wrong, you know, in the same way that Roy's not going to come on the pod, or, you know, even when Keith Millen used to come on, who's great, he's still not telling us why Pardew picked a certain player or didn't pick a certain player or why he danced on the fucking touchline or what, you know. So it's, it's, we sometimes expect too much openness. But I, I understand why some fans. Because again, some fans think we're too pro Hodgson. Some things fans think we're too anti Hodgson. You can't win, but we're as independent as most fans are. And I, I think you're, I, I'm glad we're having this discussion because I'd rather not have Steve Parrish on the pod than have it. Much as I like him as a, as a human being, yeah, but, I know. feel like the the uh, not to dwell on this too much. We will move on to more questions. But I feel like the environment has changed a bit. When Steve used to come on four or five years ago, it always felt like quite a positive thing. Now. We just get bombarded with people saying, why are you not asking this? Why are you not asking that? And we are not high-end journalists. We are fans doing this out of the love. But also, but Steve knows, still, I, had, I, I interviewed him for a book recently. He, he engages on, he reads everything. He goes through every tweet he gets. He looks for the bad tweets because he says you can't learn from the messages for support. He knows what Palace fans think of him. Yeah. He knows, he's, he's tagged into, you know, people tweet him directly with, and and for the most part, it's not abuse as well. People, but people ask him questions on there. They will say, "Why haven't we signed a right back? Why haven't we signed a striker?" And even if he, if he doesn't engage in the vision, he reads them. He knows what people think about what he's doing, and he's is, what he's doing as far as he's concerned is the best for the club that he supports. So there's no real mileage in us coming and saying because. And the thing is as well, it's like when d- doing the interviews at the, when you're interviewing managers like you know, Pulis didn't like me, Holloway didn't like me. But you say to someone, I, every question can't be, how great are you? <laughs> you have to ask them about questions. You have to say to them when you go into the FA Cup final, were you worried that we'd be going into this as a, a championship team? Of course you do, but it's and, but they, they're not going to answer it. And if you, we bring them on the pod and ambush them with those questions, they're not going to answer it anyway. Can I take, okay, sorry. So, there was a really interesting um, documentary on BT a while back about this New York radio drive time show and it was two guys one of them was called mad dog and i forgot who the other one was this was in 2020 the, yeah, it would be the 80s and 90s and the dynamics all they spoke about was sport relating to new york basketball yeah. american football hockey baseball and they were fanatical and what it did the show kind of united blue collar white collar new york everyone listened to it and the other tension was the two of them didn't like each other. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, and they, the, when the, they used to have their own shows and then it came together. And not Mad Dog, the other guy sat on the main seat on the first one oh, saying, wow, okay. this, is, this is how. So they always, they, they weren't arguing, Mad Dog would get mad, but he would call out all the owners of the different clubs so much so that the owners would ring in. Wow. Because the fans then would demand, what are you going to do about Mad, you know, Mad Dog's right? Mad Dog. Yeah, eventually, yeah. God, you're talking rubbish, Mad Dog. You, what do you mean I'm talking You know, and they would, they would go for each other. And then all of a sudden it became a thing. The owners had to ring up on the show live to defend themselves on the decision. Now, I'm not saying Steve Harris should be doing this, but it would be interesting from a kind of thing about, you know, a question coming from Steve Parrish, you know, just in a, if he's looking at all the tweets and stuff, you know, 
But it's a very it's different, American it's a different sports coverage. Is, there's a lot more access over there. It's very different well, here it, it, to it, UK football. It coverage. also raises a question that somebody said last week: Why aren't the Athletic doing this? Is that personally, I'd rather be talking to the Americans than Steve Parish, because I've got more questions for yeah. them than I've got for Steve. Because I think we all agree that whether he, whoever's responsible for transfer policy, infrastructure, etc., at the club, we all agree that Steve Parish has got the club's best interests at heart. Yeah. But also that he's the financial junior now. When it's the four people who saved the club, he was very much the big dog. Now he's the financial junior. The questions I've got are for the two Americans and what their policy is and what their future is. And interestingly, like you say, in the States it's more common for Americans to talk to the press, but then there's no one, no one here seems to be answering, asking them questions. I, I think that that's a really good point. Uh, however, going back to the question about does Steve Parrish owe it to the fans... I don't think there's anything he can really do. The problem is, and what Rob actually in his latest article for, on the blog for FYP, um, that the idea of silence, the more the silence exists and develops, the more toxic things become. Yeah. From that then, the more gossip will happen. The gossip then becomes truths or imagined truths. Now, this is a consequence that Steve and the owners are going to have to take. If we stay up... I don't think now that toxic atmosphere will go away mm. and it will carry on till next season. Um, um, and this is my biggest fear that the silence now is actually, it, it's, it's really loud and it, it's, it's creating this toxic, toxic mm. environment. Um, so the owners are going to have to be prepared now that gossip, well not gossip, but high hypotheses <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. thing are, are, are going to come into play. Um, I already know, three or four different lines of gossip from from different areas that mm. are you know and you're going you know everything from loans to yeah. you know oh, americans giving loans in coming you know it's 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 becoming dangerous and the well, silence is this it's is the problem. It, it's, it's, it's and it's dangerous it, it's partly a factor a corollary of the fact that we're an established premier league team now because in the old days much as we joke about it, we had terry byfield yeah we were a small oh, we club. still do we mm. still do but we were even like three seasons into the premier league Promotion caught us by surprise a little bit. We were a cottage industry for three seasons. We had, we didn't have a press department. We had Terry. We had a couple of people. And now we've got huge numbers of, of staff doing various different corporate brand marketing team stuff, none of which involves talking to fans. It's not... It, Big clubs don't do that. Terry, in the old days, was, was like, you, know, you bump into Terry. Well, everyone knew Terry. Is that what I mean? Yeah. Everyone knew Terry and Terry would... would would tell you stuff, and, and that was that was great. But there's, I don't think there's a club in the country. There might be in League Two, maybe, but I don't think there's a club in the country where you know Arsenal are not explaining to their fans. Yeah. Well, they're not doing very. I'm very, they're only two points ahead of us. New, you know, Mike mm. Ashley. Sure. Mike Ashley laughs at fans. He laughs at the idea that he should talk to fans. Managers tell us the bare minimum. So, and the, and the thing is as well that if. Yeah, there are things that you, you, you know, Steve Paris could say. Well, I'm sorry, this transfer fell through, but that's indicating weakness if he does that. That's that's showing, mm. and also he would say, well, I can't say that because it might impact on other on yeah. other deals. I can't tell people how much money we've got to spend on players. I can't tell people that our medical team is is really good because then they might not send us players that are borderline injured. So it's and also about yeah. the sale of the club as well. You know, you don't want to expose conflict. Well, you know, you keep no, quiet. Yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah, do that. Yeah. that. That would be you bad go. business practice. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in a way, the, I guess the, the only difference with the Arsenal's and the Sunderland's when they had fans walking out was they weren't 
as far as I know, the owners of Arsenal aren't Arsenal fans. Uh, what? You know, they're, they're not, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's all big, big. Where, you know, so we've got this attachment with Steve, the parish, the saviour, you know, and we, we, we love him, right? And then it's quite hard when we, we, we don't, we've got silence from him. Well, I think in yeah, a way, but I mean... You know, but also, but you, Sunderland's a good example because you had Ellis Short, the American owner, who went from indifference to taking the piss. Essentially, mm. that was his two extremes. And you had Charlie Methlin, the Sunderland director who resigned in, in December, eaten, educated, not interested in football at all, who said at a fans meeting, you people don't understand finance, you haven't got entrepreneurs really? up here because wow. you're from the North East. And Ben basically <sighs> didn't realise that somebody was recording it, had to resign. So there, wow. there, there, are, there are far more toxic clubs. There are clubs where the ownership, you know, Berry went bust because an asset stripper took over who had no interest. So it might be part of the problem that, Steve Parrish and, and Bro are Palace fans and have got too much of an emotional attachment. But as I say, it's the Americans I want to hear from. And But again, Steve can't speak on their behalf. Steve, so we... Yeah. And I, I don't know whether the club assume that their silence indicates that everything's fine. But Roy doesn't talk to... Yeah, we hear Roy talk about Doug. We don't hear anything from Friedman. We hear nothing from Friedman. Public, we don't hear anything from Mark Bright. I love Mark Bright, but we don't know what Mark Bright does. Somebody asked me last night, Jonathan Pierce said last, it, it, it was at the gig, commentator, what does Mark Bright do? I don't know. <laughs> it's, and it's, so it's, I mean, these are the people you want to you hear from. We, um, if no one's going to explain the structure. I can, I, can, I can assure you we will not hear from the Americans. I don't think we will. Uh, but I, I, it's, I, I, it's, about two years ago, I was, doing, I was doing some work in New York and it was on luxury hotels. What, why not? And I was interviewing people who... Anthropological. Used, anthropological yeah, yeah, it was, it was yeah, for lux, luxury hotels. Yeah. And so it was, it was basically hedge fund managers. Uh, I did one big focus group with all women who were all... Their profession was divorce lawyers. Wow. Um, and that's Manhattan. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking people with money who yeah. really want... And... Um, of course, I introduce myself and say I'm from London and, you know, I've got the English accent or I don't have it. They, they, they can't tell that. Um, and, and then I say, yeah, and no, I support a soccer team, you know, kind of called Crystal Palace. And, you know, twice people said, oh, do you know Josh? And oh, yeah, it, yeah. it was like, and wow, okay, okay. And, you know, there and was that yes, obviously. Yeah. Right, I said, oh, oh, yeah, friend. Cool. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there was that assumption that these guys are up there you know they're the wow, okay. they're, you know and they don't need to think about us well, the, thing is, the, the, well, the well being of fans I right? don't we're one of their many business interests it exactly it wouldn't occur to them I know, don't think that really does them any favours to do so and I, and I think in a way Steve when we first when we first took over the club he did a lot of our podcasts and other podcasts and stuff and I think was almost so Friendly and gregarious and doing all the stuff. And I think slowly taking a step back. Well, he was going to do Dragon's Den. And yeah. maybe he pulled out. And yeah. that was quite significant, maybe. Just realising yeah. that actually, the, you know, he, it has to be on board. I will say there are no plans for Steve to come back on the podcast. And I've always been very appreciative of him giving his time in the in the past. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think and also, that's where fair, I stand the, with the, it now. Anyway, also, so. the club have been very cooperative in getting us players and getting yeah. us ex-players and, and, and that's players. been brilliant so, and that's yeah. worked really well and and to be to be fair i think most people listening would rather have sean derry on for half an hour than steve parish to be perfectly honest well which i is think not, they'd like steve parish on if we grilled him but that's just not gonna ha- it's just not gonna happen because well, he's he's a professional at being grilled what is that exactly yeah, my point can and i tell you a quick story before we move on though you talked about roy roy was supposed to come on the pod for our 10 year anniversary back in 2018 
and uh, the club asked him, will you come on the five-year plan podcast? And he said, yeah, but I don't know whether they're on about my five-year plan. <laughs> <laughs> and then, unfortunately, uh, it didn't work but out. But also, um, I, anyway. I, think, I, think, I think it's only fair to point out that Roy will, turns up at everything he's asked to do in terms of the foundation. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the wonderful stuff Roy did with the, the Down Syndrome team yeah. and all sorts. And players, uh, Palace were a club where players are happy to do that sort of thing. So there are upsides, there are positive the things yeah, yeah. that, that, that the club yeah. do. So it's, yeah, there is a certain level of silence at the very top, but the, the club are doing their utmost at, at, at levels beneath that. And in a way, those are probably the things that they should be doing more than yeah, coming yeah. on our podcast. But I just wanted people to sort of know how I feel about mm-hmm. it and then what our position is with all that. Um, blimey, look at the time. We've got loads of questions. Uh, Quite a few around Roy and the contract. Are you ready for a couple of these? Yeah, we can we can be as quick or as long. Well, let's be quick. Um, Max Hawker. Hi, Max. Hi, Max. Do we stick with Roy or take the big decision while there are games left? Oh, bold. Oh, well. And try to get Marcelino. Who's well, Marcelino? Is that Lee? No. 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 No, it's better, no. I think any decision on Roy's future is, is an end of season thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I, I, unless Roy has a brain, so I'd be amazed if... There's any change of manager now? Yeah, I, they, I, mean, I can't imagine there being one. Also, Roy's a sort of if if we had another manager ruin his situation, people would be saying get Roy Hodgson into the end of the season, keep us up. I do worry that, the, uh, that when, when Roy goes, we will look back quite quickly and uh, miss him and realise what we had. I, I think, and, that, but that I, think that depends, I think that depends on what happens at the end. I, I genuinely don't think he'll be a manager at the start of next season. Interesting. And that's I think really? that'll be yeah I think that'll be his decision. But I I think if if we change our manager in this time next year, we're fourth or fifth. We won't even be thinking about Roy if we're nineteenth. We'll be going. Actually, mm. we realise I, I, we've said this quite often. Roy will be judged in two or three seasons' time, mm. and he will be judged a success if he keeps us up again. But also, we'll be saying the football was done, wasn't it? Hmm. Uh, then, that's a different argument which you know the, well, the because when we, you said about yeah. the sun coming out and Palace playing well traditionally yeah, yeah, yeah. we have always played good football yeah, then point. but then in the past we've had the Abachois and mm. Ruben Loftus-Cheek we've had the players that could do that and I think yeah. again it comes up to saying earlier we don't quite have the squad that maybe yeah. can play that football we have, a fun- also, we have a functional squad but also it's not as dull as it was under Peter Taylor or Trevor Francis true and yeah. that was in the championship as well so on just on Roy Paulie Mantel Oh, Sounds like it should be in Goodfellas. It says, um, if Roy doesn't sign a new contract, who will be your choice as Palace manager? P.S. Keep up the good work, guys. I don't know. I've honestly not oh, even thought about it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't. You can imagine it going back to the Sean Dyche thing. You know, I could just think. Just go I, I like the guy at Brentford, but only because, as I was waiting for you two to appear, he was being interviewed on Sky. So basically, he's the last manager I saw on telly. <laughs> so okay. essentially, he's, but he's doing a good... I don't... Last man uh, I saw was Pep Guardiola. Uh, he's Marina would like a challenge. I'd, it, it, it's so different. You, I, I mean, I thought De Boer was a great. I really thought De Boer was a good idea. I was excited, but you yeah. don't. You, you can never tell. You can't predict what's going to happen. It's, I, I mean, all those people who talk about David Wagner, that's ludicrous. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and get, his, yeah, and also, you can't just go right. Roy's old. The football's not very good. Let's get somebody young because the football will be better. That doesn't That's not how exactly, make sense. So, exactly. Yeah. Mm. And uh, at Phil Sampson 46 oh, yeah, goes Phil. through a range of emotions in his question because he says, if Roy goes, do you see Big Sam coming back? What the hell's going on behind the scenes at Parish and the Yanks? <laughs> <laughs> if you were Steve Parish, if you were Steve Parish, <laughs> would you give Roy a new deal? So it's a real roller coaster. <laughs> that's there from, that's there's nothing about there's right, nothing about yeah, Kevin's yeah. piece of paper. In there. I thought that was going to be in there somewhere. That's literally right yeah, now. Yeah, what yeah. the hell? 
Um, I think that Alan, uh, Big Sam. I think the only having said what I said about Roy not going before the end of the season, the only way I could see Allardyce coming in is if there is some kind of meltdown brainstorm when they get Allardyce in for the last. But was that purely because he was on TV I think on Sunday? About, and, and also being quite critical of the defence and uh, yeah. the attack and slightly personal about Roy, but. Again, Paris's other big problem, of course, is that if the stand gets built, and when it, and it is going to happen, he's got six thousand extra seats to sell. Exactly, and you can't that, do that in the championship. And, and, well, not only can you not do that in the championship, you can't really do that with the sort of football that Roy's playing either. To be mm. to be perfectly honest, I mean, well, having said that, West Ham have got fifty thousand, and they played terrible. West Ham are in. The, they're in Stratford. West Ham are in the Olympic Stadium. It's got a massive cachet. West Ham have got more of a London thing than, than we have. West Ham have got the cheapest season tickets in the Premier League. True, true. Cheapest yeah, executive yeah. boxes in the Premier League. We haven't, you know, we're, we're tucked away in the, south, the corner of South East London. We're not glamorous in terms of big corporations wanting to buy boxes. He's, Especially so when people got, aren't turning up to football at the moment. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. it's, you know, Steve's going to have a lot of extra seats to sell. And. He's going to find that difficult. Yeah. Times are hard. It's, you know, it's Brexit or no Brexit, we're in a period of austerity. Yeah, you're asking five thousand extra Palace fans to appear out of nowhere. It's not like we've got a waiting list for season tickets. We sell our season tickets comfortably, but there's not there's not a five ten thousand people waiting to buy them. I mean, to be honest, that we're in a situation with that where when the stand happens, we we will then deal with that, but. That's still it, up in the it, air. It, it so. will happen, but Steve's a businessman and he knows about branding and he knows about advertising. That's mm. his background. And he, he's, as, as it is for, for JC, he knows about branding and corporate stuff and getting attracting people. Mm. And yeah, the, the South London and Proud thing is, is, is brilliant. But you look at an audience in South London who probably can't afford the sort of prices he'll be charging for season tickets in the new stand. Certainly not for that the sort mm. of football that they're going to be getting because if it, when football becomes a product as it has to be, it has, it's got to be a good product. Yeah. Marcelino is a retired footballer and doesn't appear to be managing anyone. No, so he's I don't then. know. He's Brazilian, he isn't he? Oh, I was sacked by Valencia for winning the Copa del Rey. Yeah. I'm confused. Um, unless I'm looking at a different Marcelino. You're confused is your default setting, to be perfectly honest. Oh, so Valencia was his most recent. Yeah, when was that? 2019. Mm. That's right. Anyway, um, let's move on. A uh, couple of people asking about Benteke. Obviously, scored again. So uh, again, back it. So sorry. Okay. <laughs> 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 I'm getting ahead of myself. For ne- next week, JC, when the inevitable back. Next season, Benteke's hat trick. Yeah. yeah. Um, the notorious MJD. Hi, notorious. Right. Said that's the initials of my wife. <laughs> Notorious M. Notorious Miranda Jennifer Door. I didn't think that's you'd... interesting. Are you, are you oh. notorious B.I.G.? No, sorry, JC. I didn't think you knew about her notorious <laughs> reputation. Anyway, <laughs> possibly my wife, but I don't think so. It says um, my constructive... your wife wouldn't call herself notorious, would she? <laughs> I'd be very surprised. <laughs> yeah, she also doesn't give a shit about Palace. Yeah. Um, says no, my constructive. Another Miranda. <laughs> <who doesn't, laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> says um, my constructive criticism has worked wonders on JD. No, um, on IU. And is starting to reap rewards with Benteke. Is there anyone else you'd like me to work on next? Oh. That's, that's, that's Wardy. Yeah, well, Wardy. Wardy. Yeah. Luca. Yeah. Luca. Luca. Yeah. Also, what, what do you Anybody think? Anybody who takes free kicks and corners? So, Luca. Yeah. What was his constructive criticism? That was that? my next question. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, how could you have. Can, well, can was I, notorious... was the last time I scored Boxing Day? Boxing Day. Good goal, to be fair. It was a good goal, but it was 
we're in February. So he hasn't uh, been close to scoring, actually. No, he hasn't. Well, because he's, he, playing, he's, he's playing. He's playing Andrew White. Yeah, yeah. 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 um, um, unfortunately, I think he still will be, even though we've got Andros Townsend. Mm. Um, can but the, I think, you know what? I think the Benteke thing, what will help his confidence is that actually wasn't a brilliant strike. <laughs> yeah. But it went in. Yeah. Well, if you don't hit the target, then. But that's the sort of luck he's probably been, we've been talking about that for a long time. That's the sort of luck he's been after, yeah. that he needed that kind of fluky. Yeah, Keep I mean, you state. do. Yeah. But we've been here numerous times where you say, "Well, they got that." You know, when he scored against West Ham in the header two years ago, well, he's got that one goal. Hopefully, it will lead to you know the floodgates and stuff. And it and it hasn't yet. I do hope it does. But if he gets five goals from now to the end of the season, That's it. There we go. It, that'll be yeah. fine. That'll be yeah. And, and, and Tosin, I mean, Tosin scored. How I many four games has Tosin started for us? One, two, just one, just Man just, City, just I think, one. and he scored. Yeah, yeah. and he. he Played a brilliant ball in to nearly set up another goal. It is so a damning indictment of where we've come with Benteke, our twenty-eight million pound striker. That we're saying, well, if he gets five goals, well, it, I know it, we are it, in February. It, it is absolutely, but if those five goals keep us up, then, then fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if those five goals then take him into next season full of confidence, very true. And also, I think it's it's quite interesting that, from what I gather, he could have gone to Villa. Oh, really? The Villa thing could have happened, but he. I, th- I do genuinely think, from what I, what I'm hearing, that he feels a moral responsibility to to rectify. I, d- Palace, I, I see. I don't buy that because the reason I don't, there, there's the Euros in the summer. Yeah, that's fair I mean, point, that, yeah. that's why. Yeah. That's why you know, Czech wanted probably wanted to come to Palace was because Turkey have qualified and you wouldn't be playing. Well, having said that, he would have gone if he went to Villa. He probably would have started every game. Exactly. So, so you know, goals, so I don't so. know if he. I, I, does no, I'm saying he would have had yeah. more chance of getting into yeah, exactly. years at Villa than by yeah, staying yeah. at the so, Palace. So, so, yeah. Oh, no, no competition because their main striker's now yeah. injured now. Yeah. Um, so can we get the mator- notorious MJD to let us know what your criticism is? Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. We'd like to know yeah, what we did. it's constructive. So. Um, Magic Cheese 72 <laughs> has just sent us a question saying, uh, another question for you uh, for this week's panel. If you were all in the Palace team, I mean, for a start, if that happens, then... Something's gone seriously did, wrong. Yeah, I know we've got a squad problems, but yeah. <laughs> I think you'd get Scott Banks back from Halloween. If you'd like something out of Kez. I've been a fat one. <laughs> um, <laughs> you've lost a lot of weight. You're looking good. Thanks. Who, is it, who, JD would be the fat who one. Would be, <laughs> oh, Dave. Who, uh, that's what happens when you have a kid. Um, who would be the best no, crosser? It doesn't happen to you when you have a kid, does it? You don't have to lose your baby no, weight. You stop, yeah. Jesus. No, you stop doing stuff. You stop going out and... Playing football. Um, who would be the best crosser for, for Benteke? Well, I think we've agreed that that's probably Andros Townsend. I don't know. I think well, we, I th- I think that's got to be Andros for me. Oh, definitely. And, well, 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 PVA as well. I mean, they're, they're, Wilf can put a cross just, in. Just put them in, for Christ's sake. <laughs> doesn't matter who it is. <laughs> just well, no, put crosses in. But, but again, it comes and don't back. Put them deep. Put them on the bar. But it comes back. We've broken, Jason. But it does come back to, to how much responsibility... <laughs> Roy takes in this situation because we have got people who can cross. We, MacArthur can cross the ball. Mm. Wolf can cross the ball. PVA can. PVA I, mean, can. I, I know these people are injured, but they're not crossing the ball. So who's? Why are they not crossing the ball? Mm. Again, that's not Doogie Friedman. Much as I don't like Doogie Friedman, that's not him <laughs> stopping them. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. I know, yeah. but, but that's not. Yeah, you know, it's not him stopping them crossing the ball. It's not Steve Parry stopping them crossing the ball. It's not Dean Kiley stopping yeah, yeah. them crossing the ball. They're not crossing the ball for a, for a reason. And yeah, we had this argument with with Townsend and, and Pardew when Pardew got the hump with Townsend for just constantly stepping inside and, and hitting it with That's the other true. foot. Yeah. So they're not putting crosses in. We've got players who can cross the ball, yeah. 
And we saw that at Sheffield United, the one decent cross that he, MacArthur put in, we nearly scored. So, it is interesting as well. Right. When, again, I thought Big Sam was actually very good on, on BT at the weekend. When they said to him, how did he get Benteke scoring goals? And he just went, oh, crosses. Oh, it is that simple. But we've, but we've been saying that for a long time with, with yeah, he scored 17 should, goals in one maybe season maybe we should be in the Palestine he, he can head well, the ball it's like well Bright, it's, uh, Brighton against Watford I know they were putting deep crosses into Murray who was standing on the penalty yeah. box back to goal yeah. but you know holding it up midfield player getting I mean, three just, kicks bringing the midfield in getting, you know well look um, final question then from Andy Hopper Hi, and Andy. he says do you think Benteke will score goals in the championship <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway no because he'll get injured first day of the season <laughs> we'll get Sirlock back and it'll turn out he's terrible in the championship <laughs> then we'll sign Patrick Bamford we'll, we'll give him another who's go who's doing all right anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, do you know what let's Gale. not we'll talk about back, and then we'll get Murray back and he'll yeah. and Balassi will come back yeah Murray well. will fall over in the post office getting his pension on the first day yeah. of the season oh then, god yeah. what have I started um, <laughs> there is a pod next week we've, oh, got, we've got a special surprise for people well, we won't tell them yet but we've got a, a special pod would you mind telling us it's with Steve <laughs> Parrish <laughs> <laughs> We'll let you know in due course. Um, because next week's pod is a one-off special oh, unrelated to current Palace stuff, um, we are going to preview the Newcastle game oh. after this break. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Oh, what happened there? Uh, Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. That was oh. even worse. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Hey. Yes. Oh my That's god! Radio Four, that wasn't. Thank you very much. If Radio Four are listening, I am available. Yeah. Um, what the uh, chances of somebody, from <laughs> some random executive from Radio Four? John, you never know. John Pienaar listens to the podcast. Does he? Hi, John. Hi, John. Hi, John. Does he listen Hello, to it? John. Hi, John. Rory, Rory Ketlin Jones is a Palace fan. Is he? Yeah, and so is your man Cook from Newsnight. Is he? Yeah. So there you go. John Pienaar interviewing Steve Parrish. On the pod. Ah, oh, that's the... Oh, that's there you a go. great idea. He can ask. Because he can, yeah. So we'll have two hours of half-assed chatting and then a half, a half an hour of <laughs> jumping on Steve Parrish. From behind. Anyway. Um, right, so it's, it's the part where we preview the next game. It's Newcastle at home. Uh, not an easy game, as you were saying before. Under Steve Bruce, they have improved massively. They do, they do well. Um, well not massively. I mean, it, it's for all the feel-good factor around the club. Then the, the points total was not way ahead of it. But they were. Uh, da- the I mean, they were down, weren't they? And they they've dragged themselves back into it massively. You're not, not playing any football of, that's any more attractive or interesting or attacking. They're not scoring many more goals than. But they have improved. Real. Yes, well, no, don't <laughs> give me that at least. Yeah, okay, but I, I think if you ask a thousand Newcastle fans whether they take Rafa Benitez back as manager next week, nine hundred and ninety-nine of them True. would say yes, they mm. would, and they would still, again, saying with yeah. other clubs, see, you know, other clubs looking at the relegation in the same way we are. They're still obviously looking over their shoulder and yeah, feel like they're, they're in a relegation battle. Yeah, if they if we are, they are, and also for all the positivity that you talk about it only takes two bad results and Steve Bruce is Mike Ashley's man again which they all yeah. were accusing him of at the start of the season I mean I did think Steve Bruce was going to, was going to be a terrible appointment and he has he has done okay to be fair he's, he's, he's done been... okay he's a younger version of Steve of Roy Hodgson his football his, yeah, it'll be two teams playing similar football and it, he speaks it, as many languages well yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, well he writes novels though yeah. as well Oh my god! The, the, the Steve does. Bruce novels. Are, you listen to the Quickly Kevin pods are, when they, they review. Are, oh my oh, god! So good. Um, 
but yeah, it, going back to the athletic article, I suspect that if Steve Bruce and Roy Hodgson are shaking hands after on a nil-nil, yeah, after our game, they'd both be highly delighted. To be perfectly honest, I, I mean, it was it it was nil-nil last season, I think, wasn't it? Or the year before, no, it's no, been it's been yeah. drab draws in the last yeah, reason. Yeah. I think it will be again. But Chaz Lucas, no, it was, yeah. fact, I think it was that was the game we played Benteke and AU in a four four two. It may have been in the first half, and it was nil nil, wasn't it? Yeah, and <laughs> they changed it in the second half, and it was. <laughs> and it didn't like, do everyone's like, let's not do that again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's not talk about that. I'd forgotten we did that. Yeah, because that still comes up in the questions. When yeah. are we going to go back to four four two? But I'd forgotten we did that. But anyway, Chas Lucas well, says it's, it's, it's not the, the formation; it's the players in it. It's like the centre backs, isn't it? Yeah. Chaz Lucas. Sorry, Chaz. This <laughs> Sorry, better be a good question now, Chaz. After <laughs> oh, God. Um, is the Newcastle game now the most important game of the season? I would say, John, from here on in, they're all the most important games. Yeah, of the season. but it, it, it does. You do feel after the break, you're going to have hopefully check back from his hamstring. Yeah. Townsend fit. Um, you're not going to probably have Tompkins unless we don't know what's wrong with him. But um, so I, I think it's a crucial game. I mean, the hoodoo of us playing at home scoring one goal yeah. this season in the first half yeah. haven't and scored one a, goal at the White Horse we've scored in total one set piece this season yeah. um, this, this game if we win it you know I think it'll be it'll be what we you know it'll be the change and the confidence will be back but if 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 we don't if we lose it oh, this will you know it'll be a be a slippery slippery slide I'm going to use on. a cliche but it, it, it's a must not lose yeah I'm I'm fine it, it, getting it, ten draws. Yeah, I think I am yeah. too. <laughs> Just, it's, it, it, it's more of a must not lose than a must win. I think yeah. must not yeah. lose yeah. is, yeah. is essential. I think John's talk of toxicity earlier was slightly premature, but I think if we lose that game, because that will mean that we've lost to Hope and Southampton, Sheffield United, and Newcastle, all yeah. games that we thought uh, around New Year's Day that we could get something get something out of. It's not. I don't care how well we play. Either we need to. We need a result out of that. And I. I do think that if we, we. I'm not. We're not on a knife edge, but I'd be interested to see how Roy tries to spin it if we don't get a result against. And also the the thing is that we we need to try and get a result. That's the thing that we keep talking about. You look at Newcastle's team. Shelby's probably the only player that would get in our squad. I don't. And he's not that brilliant. Then. The, the, the lad from Paraguay who scored against us in the Almiron. Uh, Almiron. He uh, looks alright. Yeah, he looks alright. But you know, the long staff He's fast, but but mm. they should be worried. You know, that, that's a game we should be able to win, and if and we would, we can win it if we set out to try and win it. That's that's. Yeah, but the result is far more important than the performance, without a doubt. But we need to be positive in it. But and I do think I think John's right. I think it would change the atmosphere completely if we were to to lose that even oh. if we were to play well and lose it oh god Newcastle uh. haven't lost oh no that includes cup they've not lost in the last eight but that includes four cup games actually but, so, yeah, but they're, they're lost, still on a you know yeah, yeah, but they're only a point ahead of us so yeah true and the, the way things are if we're suddenly on 33 points with whatever it is games to go we'll be going yeah we're fine great mm. it's amazing probably so happy <laughs> uh. yeah um, it's amazing the margins isn't it that actually, it, all it does take is, is yeah. one win, and suddenly, you know, things can seem a lot. Right. I'm, I'm also, in the, in the eyes of you know, remember Newcastle fans think they support a huge club. 
they're wrong. They support a club that's very well supported, but it, the, the weight of expectation in terms of new, you know, they, they haven't won anything since 1969. They're not, True. they're not, you know, they're, they're a very well supported club. But Even we've won something since yeah, then. They're not a successful club, but they've got that weight of expectation that we probably haven't. So we should be, we should be beating them. We should be, we, you know, there I, should I, be no I, fear in our dressing room. What, what, you know, it yeah. gets, it, every season this gets, gets to the stage now when we kind of, I'm, more concerned about what's happening with other teams below yes. us. Yeah, which and, we didn't think know, would happen this season. I know, and yeah. a game has come back. So I'm, you know, if West Ham lose another game, then they, it's going to be even more unstable for them. Could they be yeah. the team that go down? You know, Watford's bounce has kind of yeah. gone, you know, so it doesn't really matter what happens, but it does matter what happens with us. But I'm saying that other teams can yeah. also are very fragile. Mm. I was, I've been working with a West Ham fan and yesterday was the happiest I've seen him. Because their game was called off, <laughs> he literally said that's the best result. It's we could back put. on for next week. Now. I know, but he said that's the best result we could probably. It's last back on week. for next week. Is yeah, it? yeah, next Wednesday. Because he said, you know, in the meantime, they could get injuries. You never know what could happen. Yeah, true. because if West Ham had gone up to their man, I know Man City are not playing well, but if West Ham had gone up there and lost five nil, mm-hmm. basically they're gone. They're down. Essentially, that'd be the rest of their season out. So that's what obviously I was hoping would happen, but. To mirror John's point, I'm really cross that it's got to this. When, yeah, when we got the 30 points after the Norwich game, we were going, great, we're we're pretty much safe. Yeah, and now we we're having the conversation we're always having. Yeah, but at least we got those 30 points. Yeah, I still don't think we'll go down. But again, I'm just cross that we. I want to be doing a Sheffield United pod. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) basically. Yeah, having said that, I don't want to be doing the Bournemouth fun either. But yeah, but yeah, very true. Yeah. Well, lads, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, um, well, we'll know what will happen. It'll be a really it's going to be nil nil. It's going to be a dull game. Yeah. It'll, yeah. Be, it'll, it'll be decided but, by one goal. But we'd all take it, wouldn't we? Oh, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. There should be a game every season where you can actually you just got a card like a joker. You should just say you can just you know, and every, all the fans <laughs> just go right. Well, this is the one we'll take. This this is the we'll take the three points now. Well, and the game just doesn't happen. Yeah. You just go to the pub. Exactly. And he, but that happens on Friday, so Newcastle fans can stay at home. So, yeah, Basically. or they can still come down if they yeah, want to. Yeah, they can come to Portsons and then yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Or well, they could the do, small, taste, but, you know, they take, or they could go and see a show up go to the Jolly Sun. Yeah, yeah, go and see Les Mis. It's good. Lovely. Good stuff. Okay, well, uh, thanks for being on the pod. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a better place to run the pod, isn't it? Yeah. Um, thanks for being on the pod, JC. Thank you very much. It was, it was really enjoyable. Top man, Kevin. I it's my house. house. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not. It's not West House, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank they you much. They won't come on the pod. For listening, um, next week, I'll have a very special pod to fill that week off, so look out for that. But in the meantime, enjoy your week, enjoy your fortnight, and we'll see you again soon. Bye. Podcast Network.